Talk about guts. She left him running across the highway, Interstate 30 in Dallas, Texas. Hello there. Are you a leader, an entrepreneur, expert, or marketer looking to make a big impact? Perhaps you are like me, allergic to average and mad at mediocrity. If so, you are definitely in the right place. I am your host, Rachel Wilson Thibodeau, brand and marketing strategist, award-winning speaker, Amazon best-selling author, disruptor, and expert pasta eater. And you are listening to the Project Get Out Your Own Way podcast, the place for getting out the way of your next best move and breakthrough. Hello, hello, and welcome. Welcome to some of you. Welcome back to others to another episode of Project Get Out Your Own Way podcast. I am Rachel Wilson Thibodeau, your host, and I am excited to report that this is the 49th episode of the Project Get Out Your Own Way podcast. So we are almost at 50, almost at 50 episodes. And those of you who have been with me from the start, whether you've been with me from the start or you just found our found the podcast last week, I appreciate it, but I do especially appreciate those of you who have been here from the beginning or or nearly the beginning. The podcast was launched in 2019. Yes, (laughs) I had to think about it a little bit. 2019. So we are almost four years into this and we've had a, you know, we we took a hiatus a, a couple of times. 2020 in particular, uh, as it, it did a lot of people kind of slowed the podcast down. Uh, I mean, because, you know, me, like a number of other, uh, whether business owners, marketers, experts, influencers, professionals, people basically were trying to figure things out and figure out what, what this, this pandemic really meant, how it was going to affect us or continue to affect us, because I think we had a pretty good idea by around April how much it was affecting us and, and would probably continue to affect us. So yeah, it, there, there was a lot going on then, but here we are now, 2023 getting ready to almost reach the 50th episode. And I invite you to keep tuning in to make sure that you do not miss that 50th episode, 50 and beyond. So there you go. Happy about that. Before really diving into this episode, and I have been looking forward to this, I'm not really looking forward to or haven't been happy, I would say, about the the source of this content or or the you know what this is is really about because this is about the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner. And as many of you, I would think all of you know, we lost her within the last couple weeks. So 
Can't say that I'm I'm happy about that, but I am happy to talk about her, to talk about her legacy and share some lessons that I think we can take, some things that we can learn, some very uh, inspiring things that we can take from her life that I, I think will be very beneficial and will help you get out your own way. So before we, we get into that further, I want to make sure that those of you who are in business, whether you're business owners, entrepreneurs, experts, sales professionals, if you have a product or service, more than likely, you also have a brand or you want a brand. You you are in the process of building a brand, creating a brand, growing a brand. And you may not know you could be cheating on your brand. Yes, Yes, I said it. I said it. You might be playing your brand like it. your brand might be a side chick. I, I'm just here to tell you. And if you're wondering how is that, <laughs> then you need to grab the Brand Adultery Makeover, which is an online resource, a digital resource. It is a video training that you absolutely need because believe it or not, there are several ways you could be cheating on your brand and that can be detrimental to not only your brand, but also your bottom line. One example of cheating on your brand is you putting your branding, putting your branding before your brand. Now, I know you may wonder what's the difference. Isn't that the same thing? No, it's not. <laughs> there is a difference between a brand and branding. So if you don't know that difference, then it's very possible that you're putting branding before the brand, which is not what you want to do. So if you want to find out more about that, as well as the six other ways that you may be cheating on your brand that can delay your progress and profits, then you want to go to www.bit.ly forward slash brand cheat. Again, that is www.bit.ly forward slash brand cheat. Bit.ly forward slash brand cheat. And that will be in the show notes as well. But make sure you grab that while it is free. I cannot guarantee it will always be free. But right now, it is a free resource and something you want in your digital toolkit. So with that, let's talk about the great Tina Turner. I got a text on my phone because I'm on the text list of one of the local radio stations here in the, the Houston area. And that's how I found out. They, they sent a text saying, you know, we're very sad to report that, um, you know, the great Tina Turner, the queen of rock and roll, Tina Turner has passed away at the age of 83. And it was just like, wow, because Tina Turner is one of those people, at least to me, and I think for a lot of people, when you hear her passing, you pause, like you, you stop what you're doing. You might shed some tears, like you, you feel that. Um, there are, you know, that, that isn't the case for everybody, every celebrity or every high profile person. Um, but I, I am certainly a Tina Turner fan has been a Tina Turner fan for quite some time. So it, it was not the best news to get, 
But I will say her life, knowing or at least what we do know about her life as, you know, as fans and, and people kind of looking from the outside, it seems that she had a, definitely the kind of second half of her life was much better than the first. It, it seems that she had a really fulfilling, loving, successful life uh, kind of in the second half of her life because she, she and I'm going to get a bit more into this, you know, she left her abusive husband, ex-husband, Ike Turner, when she was in her 40s, I, I believe her early to mid 40s. So, you know, for her to to have lived to 83, which I, I consider a long life. Now, there are people certainly living longer than that these days, but a lot of people do not. And so to reach the age of 83 and be happily married or certainly seemed happily married and, and able to do what you loved until, you know, she, I think she retired at least from performing for the public uh, 15 or 20 years ago. Um, but to, you know, still be able to, until just recently, I, I think she she was still in relatively good health and able to you know get around and I mean live her life. I, I think that's that's wonderful. I think that is a blessing. So I want to share a few super inspiring, empowering things that Tina Turner did. Things that I think we can learn from and just leverage in our own lives. And again, hopefully it inspires you not only to possibly think differently or shift your mindset as needed, but inspire you to action and, and remind you that we really shouldn't have many or any excuses to have the kind of life we want, to go after the kind of life we want, to basically get out of our way. We, we don't have to stay in our way. Even if you are in your way currently, you don't have to stay in, in your way. So some of this, you, you know, you may be familiar with, depending on how closely you, you followed Tina Turner, how much of a fan you may be. Um, but I'm thinking at least some of this, you are not aware of, you, you probably did not know. And so I am excited to, to share this. So the first the first super inspiring thing I think that Tina Turner did was to leave her ex-husband, Ike, but, but it's how she left him. And keep in mind, this is after 15 to 20 years of marriage, much of which, at least, you know, based on reports, based on Tina, based on her recollection and, and her sharing uh, her life, you know, in, in her book, I, Tina, the, the movie, I'm sure many, if not all of you are familiar with, uh, in 1993, that, that had the dynamic Angela Bassett, starred a Angela Bassett in the role of Tina Turner, that, that of course is based on the book about her life. And so, you know, according to her, much of that marriage was tumultuous. It was abusive. It, it was, it was not, uh, you know, a cakewalk. <laughs> it was far from that. And so after all that time, she left 
uh, Ike and left him actually during a an engagement they had, a, a show they had in Dallas. And, and I, I really find that interesting because, you know, that's roots. That's that's home for me. Actually, Fort Worth, D, you know, DFW, some of you lump Dallas and Fort Worth in all together. And I'm, I'm not going to get into that because they are two separate cities. Okay. They are, they are separate. Um, but Dallas is, is very close by. Okay. So that, that is Dallas, uh, particularly Fort Worth for me, that's home. And so I, I found it interesting and I, I haven't always known that, that this happened in Dallas. You know, she, she left him in Dallas and this is after, you know, they had a big argument and I, I think a physical, uh, encounter and she, I, I think pretty much the way it's depicted, it was depicted in the movie, you know, some movies, they, they fictionalize facts, <laughs> you know, they, they uh, Hollywood up, uh, true stories sometimes, which essentially means, you know, they, they embellish, they, they lie <laughs> some, but I, I really think that scene depicted in that movie is pretty close <laughs> to what happened. Like they were in a car and they were fighting and she literally jumped out the car and ran across the highway. Like that, that is what she herself has said. And that highway was actually interstate 30. So for anyone out there in the Dallas Fort Worth area, <laughs> anyone that lives near I 30, in case you didn't know, Tina Turner ran across that highway. Um, like in, I, I believe it was 1976. I'm thinking it was 76. Um, that this happened that, that she left him. So she left him running across a highway in Dallas and she had less than 50 cent in her pocket. Now I, I'll say that again, less than 50 cent in her pocket. Now, some of you hear that and you're probably thinking, well, okay, I guess she just didn't have a lot of cash on her. But again, according to the report or the book, I mean, she didn't have much more than that outside of in her pocket. Like at that time, she didn't have tens of thousands, hundreds of thousands, certainly not, not a million dollars in the bank account. Like she, she did not have anything close to that. She, she was essentially broke when she left him. And some, you know, some of you may be wondering, how is that possible? I mean, with all the, I mean, that's, that's what I asked. How's that possible with as hard as they worked? And I'm sure she certainly worked all the shows, all the, I mean, but you, you have to think, you know, when this was, that this is the seventies, that this is a, a woman who is a part of a group, so to speak, or one part of a, um, uh, Ike and Tina Turner, essentially. So I'm just thinking she, she was not controlling the money. And so that's probably why she didn't have any. So she, she had very little money at the time. And I also think this is interesting. This happened in July and it was just before July 4th, just before Independence Day. I, I find that so interesting because it's like, um, girlfriend took her freedom 
Like she, she took hold of her freedom. She decided right then and there, okay, this is it for me. This is it. I'm done. I, I've had enough 15, 17, however many years it, it's enough. I, I am out. I, I, I need to reclaim my freedom. So she did. She did. She left him just before Independence Day, again, uh, 1976, uh, running across a highway in Dallas. So that's the first super inspiring thing, I think, um, that Tina Turner did that we, you know, we can learn from, that we can be inspired by. Second thing, she, Tina Turner, now, now keep in mind, you know, again, keep in mind what I said, that she had very little money when she left Ike and Tina Turner and Ike Turner had four kids between them. She had one when they married. He had two sons when they, you know, like before they married. And then they had one son together. So four kids total. And so by the time she left him, um, I, you know, I, I think most of those, those sons were, you know, up, they, they were grown or, or close to being grown, but the, the youngest one, or possibly even the youngest two were not, they, they were still minors. And so here she is with, um, at least one son for sure, but I'm, I'm thinking two, and, you know, you guys can, can look this up, um, for yourselves, but I, I'm thinking two sons at that time. And she didn't even have anywhere to stay. I mean, she ended up living with friends and one of those friends happened to be Herbie Hancock. So if some of you are real, real, real music and like jazz into jazz music fans and remember how big Herbie Hancock was, um, you know, in the seventies, I think also eighties, I mean, Herbie Hancock is a big deal. I'll just... (laughs) to say that and Tina Turner actually lived with Herbie Hancock her and her sons for you know a certain period of time and a couple of other people she she lived with because she didn't really again she didn't really have any money she didn't really have anywhere else to go so I mean to go from what she had been doing and living in, you know, the big house and the cars and traveling all over the world. And to go from that to having to live with someone else, you and your children. I mean, there are a lot of people who are not even built like that. Like they, they cannot even conceive of that. They, there, there are people and women in particular, unfortunately stuck or they feel they're stuck in the worst relationships, toxic, toxic relationships, abusive relationships, unfulfilling relationships, because they don't want to go through that because they do not want to start all over. They don't want to have to uh, possibly live with somebody else. I mean, but there are times when it takes that it, it might take that it, you know, you have to keep in mind, that's not going to be your forever that that's not, or it shouldn't be. That shouldn't be your forever. And it certainly was not the case with Tina Turner. Um, but she did that. She she went through that. So, I, I mean, again, it, it just goes to show you what she was willing to do 
what she was willing to go through to really get her freedom and get the life that she wanted and that she she realized that she deserved, frankly. And so I I think given all of that, it is even more empowering and and awesome that she said she never considered giving up on her dreams. Not only did she say she never gave up on her dreams, she said she never considered giving up on her dreams. I mean, again, that is, it, it makes you pause. And she says she took actions just day by day. Each day she took action and often outside her comfort zone, I, I talk about that a lot. Some of you know I, I am big on getting comfortable with being uncomfortable. She took actions every day, sometimes small actions, and often outside her comfort zone to better herself and get her closer to her goals. So just, just think about that, especially my ladies. When when you are feeling overwhelmed, when you are questioning it, it, if you're you're ever going to get to where you want to get, you're ever going to do what you want to do. You know, why is it taking so long? Think, think about Tina Turner. Think about Tina Turner in her early to mid forties, which is still young. Okay. <laughs> Just in case anyone wants to debate that or doesn't agree. I mean, you're entitled to your opinion, but I think you are wrong. <laughs> Being, you know, your forties, even, you know, even your, your fifties, that that's, that's not old. I don't consider it old, but it's not as young. <laughs> Let's say that when you are in your forties, you are no longer in your thirties. You're no longer in your twenties. And some people, some people, especially back then, they, they just keep in mind, this is, this is the mid to late seventies. So there were a number of people then, and especially in Hollywood and in the entertainment industry, the music industry who pretty much wrote women off <laughs> by the time they reached 40. And that's uh, not a, um, um, never the, my goodness, the, the term that I want to use, I'm, I'm having a brain freeze, but especially given she was in her, like her mid 40s. So there were a lot of people who then were just like, you know, she's washed up or she's, and she proved them wrong. And, and even still she, made the decision she made and left her husband and, you know, just, just worked and did what she needed to do to get on the other side of all that. So I, I just think that is, that's just incredibly empowering, inspiring. And it's just a reminder of what we can do, what you can do when you really make up your mind and you make a decision and you are committed to it. Okay, third thing, third really inspiring thing. Tina defied the odds, so to speak, in terms of music. And she's talked about this before. And what I mean by that, Tina Turner and Ike Turner, what the, the music they were singing, I mean, it was it was kind of put in a box, just as most black people, most black artists at that time. And this can, I mean, it can happen even now. I, I think it happens a lot less because there, you know, there has been progress and, and people have evolved, 
But especially then, it's like if you were black in the music industry, you were pretty much pinpointed or earmarked as R&B. I mean, that that was it. If you were black, you were R&B. Your, your music was pretty much considered R&B. And the music that they had been had been doing it it had some elements of rock. Um, I mean, of course, soul was there. I mean, there's no doubt that there was there was soul infused into their music, but there was there was also some rock. There there was probably some pop, but they were kind of again they were kind of put in this box. And so when Tina went solo, the same thing kind of you know followed her. I mean, at first it, 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 and she, she talks about how it was difficult to break out of that, but that's what she wanted to do. And that's what she ended up doing. She wanted to do rock. She wanted her music to be more rock and roll. And I applaud her for that. You know, there are some people and, and probably some of my, my brothers and sisters, um, my, uh, my my black <laughs> brothers and sisters, my melanated brothers and sisters who probably don't like that. And and even then probably we're not happy about that, may not be happy about it now. You know, so, some of us, we tend to think, you know, oh, geez, when people make a decision like that and they do something that's kind of out of the box and, and it may, I emphasize may, may appear to some that, you know, they are, resisting or, or they are, um, disparaging the culture, you know, black culture. And I don't think that was the case. And I don't think that is, I mean, it, sometimes that could be the case, but I don't think it was the case with Tina. I don't think it's the case all the time. I think sometimes people just want to branch out. People just want to do, uh, something different and they want to do something other than the expected. And, Sometimes it's also really ab about what they love, what what they really want to do. And she has talked about, I, I mean, and more than once that she had a real love for rock and roll music. I mean, so she wanted to to do rock and roll and she, you know, that's what she ended up doing. She, she kind of uh, really pushed the envelope and would not accept the, the record industry just kind of labeling her R&B or rap, which is what happened for a number of years. I mean, that is something that a, a lot of Black artists had to contend with who, you know, I, I think the same thing happened with Whitney Houston. I, I think the same thing happened with um, oh Prince, <laughs> the, the great Prince. I mean, th there were a number of artists who you know, whose music could not just be summed up as R&B uh, or summed up as rap. So Tina Turner was definitely someone who broke out of that mold, was able to bro break out of that mold. And I mean, again, that didn't just happen. That, that wasn't just a coincidence. It wasn't just because she got lucky. I mean, she resisted that and she fought against that to get to where she ended up being and, and to be viewed as and looked upon as um, a, an incredibly talented rock and roll artist and, and to the point that she became known as the queen, <laughs> the queen of rock and roll. 
So I, I definitely take my hat off cap. Um, I, I don't, I don't too often wear wigs, but every now and then I take my wig, it, anything <laughs> I can take off to her. I, I do because I mean, that is something that's not done every day. And again, thinking that this is a woman, this is a black woman in the late seventies, early eighties, you know, really trying to make her own way. Um, again, it, it's a reminder that we, we don't really have any excuses or any reasons to not grab hold of what we really want. So there you go. And then just a couple of other things. And I have a bonus thing for you, but the next thing that she did, uh, was very inspiring. And this is something I did not know. I, I think I'd heard this before, but it was, you know, it was a long time ago. So I'm, <laughs> I probably forgot, but Tina Turner, she did her own. I mean, most of the time, I'm sure, you know, there were some times when there, there were makeup artists or stylists or whatever, but Tina Turner mostly did her own makeup and hair. And she said that even goes back to when she was with Ike. I mean, she, and, and <laughs> especially then, I mean, in the sixties, early seventies, I mean, but this was still the case, probably even through the nineties, there were not a lot <laughs> of really talented makeup artists in, in terms of for black people, let, let me say that. I, I don't want to offend anyone out there because, you know, someone may hear this and they, maybe you were a makeup artist in the 70s or the 80s and 80s and you're thinking, I, I was a damn good makeup artist. You may have been. I, I don't know, though, if you were as good for people of color because if you're not a person of color and you have not taken the time to really get to know the differences with black hair and black makeup, then no, you were not as good in that regard. You you were not an expert. You may have been an expert just in, I mean, generally speaking, but you know, the bottom line is there were not many makeup artists or stylists that really knew how to handle black people. And so, um, you know, she, Tina talked about that and how she typically did her own hair and her own makeup. And, you know, that continued, um, after she went solo and, you know, there, I, I looked at a few videos actually of her, you know, like back in the day. And when, when she kind of early on in her solo career, you know, she's doing her own makeup. I mean, in her, some of her wigs, even she made, she, she said, I mean, that really kind of blew my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, not that Tina Turner is out here making wigs, <laughs> not, not buying them, making wigs. I mean, and wigs that look good. So she was talented in, in more ways than you may realize the, the woman was doing her own makeup. And I mean, I've, I've never seen Tina Turner look bad with makeup. I mean, she, she has had different looks certainly. And some of her looks have really been dramatic. I mean, but I cannot think of any time I saw Tina Turner and I was just like, you know, okay, what's, what's going on? And I, I can't say that for every artist. <laughs> out there. So I tend to think she, she was pretty good. 
at makeup and styling hair. So I, I just found that interesting. I, I just think that is that is wonderful in just another way, you know, that you can take your take on or own your power and not allow something like, you know, makeup or someone not uh, being as skilled or as highly skilled as you would like them to be doing your makeup that you don't let something like that hold you back, you know, because there, there are some artists, some, I mean, whether music artists, celebrities, uh, I mean, entertainers who they would let them in. And I'm sure it has happened. Like they, they would let that stop them from performing. They would let that stop them from doing an interview. You know, Oh, my, my makeup artist isn't here. Or my makeup artist doesn't know what she's doing. I mean, it's like, okay, are you, so what are you going to do? Or are you just not going to go on? Are you not going to do what, I mean, what you were supposed to be doing, what you love to do, what you've probably been called to do. So yeah, Tina Turner was doing her own makeup and her own hair. Okay. All right. <laughs> and lastly, and you know, this is just another like thing that make you say, wow, and you may or may not have been aware of this, but Tina Turner had one of the best selling tours of all time. Let me repeat that because I don't want y'all to miss that. Not, not one of the best selling tours of a certain year, not one of the best selling tours in America. She had one of the best selling tours of all time. And that was in 2008. It was her 50th anniversary tour. So in 2008, Tina Turner celebrated being in bit, I mean, being a performer essentially for 50 years. And that actually brought her out of retirement. She had retired before that. So keep in mind, this, this is 2008, this is 15 years ago. So she had retired prior to, had retired prior to that, but came out of retirement to do this tour, celebrating her 50th anniversary. At the time, she was 68. Now I want y'all to, to really think about that too. Just, just sit with that a little bit, okay? The woman was 68, as in almost 70, doing a tour, like, and not just the U.S., I mean, because you probably know, I mean, Tina Turner didn't even live in the U.S. She hadn't lived in the U.S., I mean, since she had, I mean, I, I don't know, the, the early 80s or so. So this was global. She was doing a global, or did do a global tour at age 68 and killed it. I mean, killed it. Now, of course, I mean, I kind of, you know, I, I remember this. And I, I think that was also the tour that, you know, where Oprah joined her. You know, some of y'all remember Oprah was all excited. I, I think Oprah Oprah really thought she was like a, a background singer or something. I mean, Oprah was like serious. I, I Again, I don't know if y'all remember. I do, <laughs> though. I do. I mean, cause I, I, you know, watched Oprah as a big Oprah fan as well. And Oprah was into it. O Oprah was serious. Oprah's like, y'all, y'all got me messed up. And, you know, she, I, in my mind, she, she might've said the other word, but you know, may, maybe not. Uh, <laughs> but Oprah was like, no, th 
this is serious. This is a dream of mine. This is on my bucket list. I'm making it happen. And Tina Turner has talked about that uh, before as well. I mean, she was even like, she didn't realize, I mean, that Oprah was really serious about joining her on tour. So that, that was what that was. That was that tour. So it was absolutely huge. That was her ninth tour as a solo artist, ninth. So just, you know, I, I'm just dropping this on you guys. And I just want you to, you know, really hear these numbers and these facts. I mean, so the ninth tour, 68 years old, celebrating 50 years performing. Um, and it was one of the best selling tours of all time. So y'all who, you know, Beyonce fans out there, Taylor Swift fans, Janet fans, I, you know, I don't, I don't take anything away from them, but just know that there were people to do it before them. And one of those people <laughs> was Tina Turner and at age 68, because, you know, we, we can, we can look at Beyonce, we can give Beyonce her props. You know, she's in her early forties now. She's kid. Well, I, I mean, I think she's killing it. I, I don't know y'all. Cause I'm, I'm not going to be attending Th this go round. I, the tickets were just a bit much, bit, bit too much for, for yours truly. Now I have seen Beyonce. I saw Beyonce, uh, I believe it was 2017, somewhere in there. I believe it was 2017. Um, during that tour when she came to Houston. Um, but those tickets were about $90 uh, from what I recall. <laughs> yeah, maybe about, maybe even $85, $85, $90. Decent seats, not the best seats, but far from the worst seats. Uh, really, you know, pretty good seats. But this go around, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was like, no, I'm not going to be able to do it. But my point, my point is, you know, I, I hear, I mean, from some, I, I really kind of heard different things, but from what I hear and from what I've seen, you know, Beyonce is still, you know, she's still killing it, you know, in her shows. And I, I've heard really great things about Taylor Swift's tour and Janet. I mean, so, you know, and except for Taylor Swift, I mean, you're just with those women I mentioned, you know, Janet Jackson is like, 54, 55. Uh, again, as I said, Beyonce is 41 or somewhere in there. Uh, and of course, you know, Taylor Swift is, I think, in her early 30s or something. But still, Tina Turner was 68. <laughs> okay, I, I'm just, I'm going to keep saying that. She was 68 on this tour. She was almost 70, almost 70 when she did this tour, which was her last tour, 2008, one of the best-selling tours of all time. Okay, okay, okay. So there is that. So there you go, ladies and gentlemen. And that is just a, a fraction of a fraction of <laughs> what happened in Tina's life and what her life means and has meant will continue to mean her legacy i mean this doesn't even you know it doesn't begin to really do it justice but i i just wanted to i i had to touch on this and talk about 
uh, just a few of, of the incredible things that she did. And, you know, again, as hopefully a reminder to you all out there, anything or, I mean, a lot of things you think is too hard for you that you, you just cannot do or you cannot deal with, I, I'm, I'm encouraging you, dig deep, dig deeper, because you probably can. And especially if it means you getting to where you want to be, and if you really believe that is what God has for you, that's what God has called you to do, then you need to do what, whatever it takes. I mean, maybe not whatever. No, I don't, I'm not telling you to go kill somebody. And frankly, I applaud Tina as well for that, for not just killing Ike, for not, you know, pulling a Medea and just taking a big skillet and, and, you know, plopping him, not knocking that joker out. I mean, because that, that's what some of us would do. I, you know, I'm not saying me necessarily. I'm not saying who necessarily. Um, but I know some women, I know some women who just wouldn't have dealt with that for <laughs> 15 or more years. And it wouldn't, it wouldn't be because they left or they divorced this person, they they would have just handled him. Let, let's just say that. Gathered him. That's a nice way of putting it. And she did not do that. She she left. He he was still, you know, walking around healthy, still being a fool, at, at least for quite some time. I, I think at some point, or I like to think, you know, because I, I I know Ike went into rehab. At one time, and I would like to think that he learned some things and he changed. I, I don't know, though, because the last interview or so I recall uh, with Ike Turner, which was, I mean, I'm thinking, oh, my goodness. And, and I forget when when exactly he passed, but this was a few years before he passed. And some things he was saying, you know, it made me think that he he had changed or he realized, I mean, really, um, how bad he was, but then other things he said, not so much. I, I mean, I, I really thought, yeah, he still, he, he, he doesn't really get it. So, you know, in spite of all that, she, she left and did not kill him or did not seriously injure him. So I, I think there's something to be said for that too. So there you go. If you have enjoyed this, if you found value in this, then certainly uh, let me know. I, I love feedback. I welcome it. And I ask you guys to write a review. It, it doesn't have to be a book or anything like that, uh, but reviews matter and they they help more people find the podcast. So I invite you to write a review on Apple, uh, perhaps Spotify, uh, but especially at Apple in particular, and keep listening. If you have not already subscribed, I invite you to do so because I am pretty sure, I'm pretty sure that you will continue to find a great deal of value along with strategy, tips, hacks, all that good stuff. And you will be better prepared to get out your own way. And that's, that's what this is about in particular for those of you who are 
entrepreneurs, leaders, change agents, you, you are looking to do some big things. Maybe you have already done some big things. And so uh, to make sure that you are prepared to do the next big thing, you, you need to know how to get out of your own way. So there you go. Until next time, this has been Rachel Wilson Thibodeau, host, author, brand and marketing strategist. Until next time, take care and take some action.